Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Books in East Asian Studies, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Li Pingchen, one of the hosts of the channel. Today, we will be talking to Dr. Kong Siwen about her new book. The book is Translation of Contemporary Taiwan Literature in a Cross-Cultural Context, a Translation Studies Perspective. This book was published by Routledge in 2021. This book explores the social, cultural, and linguistic implications of translation of Taiwan literature for transnational cultural exchange. It demonstrates principally how asymmetrical cultural relations, mediation processes, and ideology of the translation players constitute the cultural-specific translation activity as a highly contested site, where the translation can reconstruct and rewrite the literature and the culture it represents. Four main theoretical themes are explored in relation to such translational activity. They are sociological studies, cultural and rewriting studies, English as lingua franca, and social and performative linguistics. These four themes offer insightful perspectives on the translation as an interpretive encounter between not only two languages, two cultural systems and assumptions taking place, but also among various translation mediators. This book will be useful to scholars and students working on translation and cultural studies, Chinese literature studies, Taiwan literature studies, and literary studies across borders. All right, so uh, that's about the book. And Siwen, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Li Ping, for your invitation. Yeah, very happy to be here. All right, so I want to begin the interview by inviting you to tell us a little bit about yourself and also your research interest. Okay, yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, I am Su Wen Kong, or Kong Su Wen, and I'm currently working as an assistant professor in graduate program in translation in, and interpretation here at National Taiwan University in Taipei. And um, I've been working here since the second half of 2018. And before that, I actually taught as a lecturer in translation studies at the University of Auckland in New Zealand for quite a few years. And I'm here at uh, GPTI uh, in National Taiwan University. I coordinate and teach a number of professional translation courses, including um, translation practicum course from Chinese into English, translating for cultural, creative, and exhibitive purposes and translating advanced journalistic texts and industrial internship courses. And of course, I also supervised a number of master dissertations covering um, different research post-series within translation studies. Um, basically, my research interest in translation studies is mainly inspired by the inter- 
interdisciplinary nature of translation research. So by interdisciplinary nature, I mean um, the studies in translation um, no longer just confines its scope within the so-called lexical or pure textual problem raised during the micro-translation process, but further examines the manifold perspectives or ramifications of the translation activities and of the translation products. So inspired by such, um, if broadly speaking, my research interest mainly lies in um, cultural approach, sociological approach to translation studies, and of course, translation practice in a, a much broader cultural, cross-cultural context. And also I'm interested in um, fan subtitling, how the fans um, on the website or the so-called netizens uh, carry out translation practice, especially um, subtitle, and also a more multi-model approach to translation, especially in terms of examining how the more exhibitive texts and promotional texts um, uh, can be handled by considering uh, multi-semiotic issues alongside uh, with the translations. Yeah, so that's probably all for my introduction here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Thank you for sharing with us. And especially you mentioned those keywords like interdisciplinary and cross-cultural context for the translation studies. And then, so we are curious about how do you start this book project that is about translation, but specifically on Taiwan literature? Okay, yeah. Um, basically, um, the seed of this project uh, is rooted in my very early enthusiasm for the translation of Taiwan's nativist literature Bento Wenshou, Xiangtu Wenshou, especially with regard to the questions like how the translators handle um, the plethora of local languages and social cultural nuances during the translation process and how they deliver um, or deal with those into another cultures, uh, of course more specifically speaking into English for the target readers who are completely unfamiliar with linguistic, cultural, social, and historical complexities embedded in the original texts. So at that um, way back, I was particularly interested in how the native languages, uh, for example, like Taiwanese dialects applied by the nativist authors can be mediated or man maneuvered in the translations. And after uh, reading more or delve, delving into more details regarding the context and the background of the um, translation protection of contemporary Taiwan's literature. Um, and of course, inspired by um, the diversity of research potentials in translation studies, I eventually came up with the idea of uh, writing up a manuscript that uh, focused on the translation phenomenon of contemporary Taiwan literatures. And of course, as the book title indicates, from a more translation studies perspective. And also, the idea of writing up a book like this seemed to be feasible after talking to um, the editors of the uh, publisher, as this book probably marks one of the first endeavors to establish the, the overall contour of the translation of Taiwan literature in the Western scene. Um, while the translation practice or activity of Taiwan literature has been carried out for nearly half a century, there have been indeed related studies, and the coverage of the topic is fairly language-specific and mostly confined to Chinese-speaking research community and often quite sporadic in the form of article, um, news items or translation reviews, and bibliographic data. So um, under such situation, I just thought, okay, now why not just um, give it a try? Yeah, so that's probably um, just wrap up how I came about um, writing this project. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Suwen, for sharing with us this kind of different um, processes for this book project and also the uh, main concern and different themes for this uh, project. And also, again, for the contribution that your books will make for the academic studies, but also the especially the uh, translation uh, study as well. So with that, now uh, let's talk specifically about Taiwan literature and then about Taiwan literature 
in translation as well. So this book is about this kind of cross-cultural context in the、uh, anglophone context. But can you tell us a little bit more about why Taiwan literature translation as a unique case in your study or in the general context? Okay. Yeah.、Uh, first of all, I believe that I think all literature from each culture or nation and its translation practice or activity can be all unique and special in its own case. Especially when、uh, the development of literature and its translation production are bound to be so intricately intertwined with its own social, cultural、uh, experience, political environment, and so on. And、um, in Taiwan's case.、Um, Um, the primary as a translation activity initiated by the source culture, the translation of Taiwan、uh, literature、um, has been carried out for the past forty years, and of course with the main purpose to promote the literary work produced in Taiwan and hopefully to promote such works through translation in the global community,、uh, particularly in the more Anglo-American cultural context. And during the course of、um, nearly half a century, such translation activity has not been so、um, a smooth ride, especially when the translation was mainly carried out by the lesser dominated culture, and when it is, it, when you want to export、uh, to the dominant one, you know, into the、um, uh, English speaking country. So,、um, the translation practice of such oftentimes presents quite a challenge. For the source culture and its translation players, okay, during the entire、uh, production process, which can happens at the micro level of textual transference, for example, how to、uh, maneuver or how to、uh, deliver the、um, uh, cultural uh, issues or that's、uh, embedded in the source text to the target readers, but also at the macro level of the social、uh, cultural influences、uh, of the overall context. Yeah, so I think that's what makes the、um, the translation activity of such, especially for the case of contemporary Taiwan literatures, a unique case because it involves quite some dynamic perspective,、uh, not only at textual level. But also at the more contextual level and even、uh, the interpersonal level. Okay, yeah,、uh, that's why I think、um, the translation practice of such can be quite a unique case for research. Yeah, and then especially you mentioned that the three different dimension that is the textual, but also con. Context, contextual, but also this kind of interpersonal, intertextual、uh, dimension that I believe later on we will unpack more、uh, with the different、uh, chapters as well. So thinking about Taiwan literature in translation, and then also another、uh, major keywords、uh, in your title is cross-cultural. So I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about this cross-cultural context, and especially? For translator, so how does translator navigate or deal with this、uh, different cultural、uh, context, and then what's the role of the translator for a literary text?、Uh, okay, yeah. So basically, I think within translation studies research, there has been already a consensus that translation is no longer narrowly understood. Um, as a very mechanical transference between two different linguistic codes, rather the translation and its practice now、um, is to believe that involves far more complicated issues or multi dimensions, as well as the intricacy of human interaction during the production process. So I think being aware of the old cultural differences and、uh, their importance for translation. It's now a common sense within a community of professional translators, no matter you know which area they are professionalized themselves in. So, therefore, without a doubt, the role or the task of the translator is never easy under such situations. So, they really have to contemplate on how to fit or tweaks their translation practice into a larger framework of both cultures. Against which、um, the, the original texts and their translations are produced, 
So in other words, translators always continue to immerse themselves in cultures at various forms or at various levels. So it can range from like local cultural, regional cultures, national cultures, inter international cultures, and the list can go on. So the emphasis here is probably on um, the cultural aspect of translation and on the contact within which translation takes place. So um, text in this sense can be regarded as a complex signifying systems, and the task of the translator is therefore to decode and encode and with the main purpose to make those systems accessible for the readers. So in this sense, the translation becomes a process of um, a series of negotiation between not just texts, but also between cultures. So a process of uh, through which that all type of transaction and discussion happens and all mediated by the translators. So as a main figure that directly involved in the so-called shaping process of such mediation, the role of the translation of translator is very important in ensuring the continuity and diffusion of cultures. So as uh, Susan Bessner, one of the key translation scholars in translation studies, points out that translators basically is just like a surgeon who operates on the heart, but they cannot neglect the body that surrounds it. Um, any translators that who treat the text in isolation from cultural will be at his peril. So, so that's probably uh, wrap up how I believe the role of the translator um, can be in a cross-cultural context. Yeah, thank you, Sue, and, and especially for this um, metaphor, if you will, for the uh, translator as a surgeon to definitely tackling with the heart the uh, the issue at hand, but also have to have this kind of broader perspective of the body overall. And as you mentioned, that it's not just about the text itself, the story, the novel itself, but also thinking about the different uh, transaction negotiation of culture and also how to convey the continuity and also uh, to the readers across different uh, cultural uh, contexts as well. So uh, with that, now um, we will be uh, unpacking different chapters and with some of the specific uh, example and also the text that you analyze in your book. So you mentioned that uh, there are four main dimensions that the four theoretical concern. And the first one, you mentioned that translation of the Taiwan culture, uh, Taiwan literature as a social act. And then can you tell us more about the social act and also the translation and also maybe a specific example? Yeah. So basically, uh, in this chapter, um, I examine translation of Taiwan literature as a social act, and which is, of course, mainly based on the, so the so-called sociological approach to translation research, and um, which contribute to uh, understanding translation as a socially regulated activity that involves the practice of translation players who are considered as social agents situated in the overall social environment or the society within which the act of translation takes place. So uh, the, the sociological theories then uh, themselves to uh, a more critical analysis uh, of the social context and the mechanism of the translation production process. And of course, furthermore, they also enable to unpack the social meaning of the translation agents that's involved in the translation production, especially in terms of the uh, interplay of power or the interactive engagements among them. So this is one of the main uh, contribution of the so the so-called sociological approach to translation research, and in terms of their application um, in examining translation situation, um, in the case of Taiwan literature, which was mainly initiated in the nineteen sixties, can be indeed uh, conceived as a social act that is significant significantly influenced by the social structure and the social uh, disposition as well as the collaboration of various translation players. 
in general, um, it will be always quite time consuming and strenuous for a lesser dominant literature, as in the case of Taiwan's work, to be translated into English speaking country, especially when considering that a profit driven purpose or commercial publisher, they um, hardly buy the rights to publish English language translation of foreign books due to the profit consideration. So in other words, such translation practices offer more individual and commerce based where the translation um, activity will usually rely on um, the general publication procedure commonly practiced in the commercial sector in which either the translator or the author will have to uh, approach the publisher in the target culture through their agents, you know, seeking the opportunity to publish or translate the book. And such a situation is usually quite difficult for the, for the book to be uh, accepted uh, for publication by the more commercial-oriented publishers. And in the case of the translation series that I examined or look at in this chapter, which is Modern Chinese Literature from Taiwan, this is a translation series that's been established in 1998 and published by the Columbia University Press. And this case basically in general shows um, how the translation production process, when it involves more actors or agents with varying resources and the degrees of social influences can operate more efficiently and consistently in terms of translating and publishing the translation into Anglo-American context. So for example, the um, economic capital of the subsidized organization, Jiang Jingguo Foundation for International Scholarly Exchange supports the publication and the translation expenses. So, and also the well, um, the, so, the so-called social capital or the personal relations of the renowned scholar from Taiwan, but based in the United States, assures the participation of the publisher, as well as invite other prestigious uh, translator, which is also the cultural capital um, in publishing and translating a variety of texts and topics um, of Taiwan's literature. So basically, this means that uh, the social experience and backgrounds of the translation players and meanings that they ascribe to the text play vital roles during the, the different stage of the, uh, the trans translation production process. So basically, um, uh, in this chapter, when examining from the more sociological approach, um, uh, more context uh, analysis is carried out. So primarily looking at uh, what's the uh, social implication and also um, the influences of um, different translation Players that resides uh, in both source culture and target culture can contribute to a more efficient publication um, of Taiwan's literature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then especially, you know, you mentioned this kind of different consideration that makes the uh, translation of Taiwan literature possible in the 60s. As you mentioned, some of them are like fundings or like networks with the scholars and also um, the connection with the publisher, so on and so forth, and then the different elements involved. So it's not just the linguistic translation, but there's also other different contexts and consideration involved in this process and the eventually this kind of journey that get it uh, published. So uh, with that, uh, translation as a social act, and later on, you also uh, move on uh, the next dimension you analyze beautifully in your book is about translation or specifically literary translation as a form of rewriting. So I believe this is a, uh, this is a, uh, um, a dimension that a lot of us will be interested in to hear you say uh, a little bit more, because the uh, you know we talk about the role or the text of the translator, you know, to to translate the language into another uh, linguistic uh, context. But what is this rewriting, and then how is the translator navigating this form of rewriting for a literary text? Yeah. 
Okay, so basically, uh, in terms of seeing literary translation as a form of rewriting, uh, such perspective started um, or rooted in the so-called cultural trend to translation research. So the idea of rewriting in general aims to conceptualize how the original text can be reshaped, represented, or of course rewritten in a manner through which that the embedded source culture, especially image, can be um, demonstrated or can be presented in another cultural context. And particularly in the when the situation of so-called ideological or aesthetic factors that uh, influence the translation production process is taken um, into account. And these can include, for example, text selection. So, for example, um, the cultural image presented through the translation of works included in the series I've just mentioned, um, Modern Chinese Literature from Taiwan, uh, published by Columbia University Press, in general, conforms to the very initial purpose uh, of the subsidized uh, organization CCKF or Jiang Jingguo, um, uh, Jingui, and also the series coordinator. In general, their aim was to promote the literary voice of Taiwan through English translation and to um, present and, and disseminate the rich repertoire of the topics of the contemporary Taiwan literature. So from a perspective in which Taiwan literature for them is considered as a part of the literary lineage and heritage of the wider Chinese culture. So basically uh, departing from this perspective, the choice of texts are more clearly made from among the texts that have been published in Taiwan and irrespective of the topic and even the birthplace of the original writers. So in general, um, it can be argued that such perspective lay more emphasize more on the so-called Sinophone literature, um, especially when we consider that the inclusion of the work that's been translated in this series also include the uh, texts written by Malaysian-born writers and also the works uh, of which the topic foreground the colonial experience in Hong Kong. So um, in, in a sense that in general, the representation of the image here within this series, in a sense, uh, conforms to uh, the more general aims that we just mentioned of the, uh, the translation players, especially the series coordinator, um, of the series. But in another case, uh, the translation series, which is um, called Taiwan Literature, English Translation Series. This is um, a, basically a journal that's been established by um, Du Guoqing Jiaoshou. Okay? And in general, his ideological stance as the editor-in-chief is apparent in uh, the projection of Taiwan's identity through English translation and also in the selection of theme as well. So uh, basically, Du Guoqing Jiaoshou holds the view that only the literary work that are directly related to uh, the overall uh, historical social experience of people living in Taiwan should be acknowledged and enjoyed by the international readership. So basically, the titles of the selected issue of this series are um, clear indication of the editorial aim of introducing literary production in Taiwan um, in uh, as comprehensive manner as possible. So diverse topics are explored in the series, so including nativist literature, feminist writing, folk stories, and poetry, experimental writings. And the series also includes diverse culture in Taiwan, for example, indigenous, Hakka cultures, and also uh, the works from the period of Japanese rule, as well as literary work that engage with Taiwan's geographical and natural characteristics. And um, so basically within this series, 
the variety of thematic arrangement that not only showcase the multiplicity of Taiwan's literary voice, but also illuminates other dimension of Taiwan channeled through Taiwan's literature. So, but of course, there are differences between the two publication series uh, I just mentioned here in terms of their form of publication. So the formal one, um, the series that published by Columbia University, uh, University Press is basically presented through book form and usually they focus on the entire novel and the later one is in the journal form. Um, but of course, these two different type of forms in terms of publication, they appeal to different target readers and are associated with different levels of freedom entailed in the selection and translation process. However, um, I think still in general, these two examples can still effectively demonstrate how the ideological standpoints of the key translation players or patrons can influence the text selection, and at the end, how such text selections can project or represent the image of the source culture through translation. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thank you, Suen, for discussing these two uh, examples that you analyze, and especially in terms of how their text selections or different text selections are informed or shaped by uh, the uh, personal understanding or ideological stances of Taiwan and also the uh, Taiwan literature as well. And how they make that decision and how they decide how to translate uh, the literary work from Taiwan. And that translation is in uh, Anglo- uh, a con a Anglophone context and then into the English translation. So the uh, next dimension you mentioned is actually about English as a lingua franca, specifically about the roles and impact of English as fr lingua franca on literary translation projects. So can you tell us a little bit more about this and also the um, example that you analyze? Okay, yeah. So basically... Uh, by studying or by examining the functions of English as a lingua franca. Hopefully we can, uh, to a certain extent, explore how the textual presentation of translation is influenced by such. So um, my study particularly see or regard English uh, as, a English, uh, as a language of communication that lacks uh, shared cultural capital serving only as an intermediary language to allow or to enable effective communication. So as such, we're able to uh, reveal the more practical function of English as a means of achieving cross-cultural communication, especially when such idea is applied in translation. Um, usually it can be um, demonstrated through a more fluent translation discourse. So where a series of strategies like deletion, simplification, reduction of the source text of source cultural issues, and the naturalization of stylistic or lingua, uh, uh, lingua cultural idiosyncrasies uh, are applied. And um, in general, under this situation, a more transparent translation, in a sense, conform to a more reduced and homogenized form of English, or aka a more plain English. Um, this can create a more popularized, popularized discourse that adapted to appeal to a more global readership. So the case study uh, in the translation examples extracted from Wen Chinai, um, in a way, enable the highly lingua cultural condensed information of the source text to be reformulated as a more neutral and transparent discourse in the translation. So 
In general, the translation、um, emphasizes the appearance of more factuality rather than the presentation or the representation of the diverse lingua cultural content of the original text. So, for example, the original、uh, three-volume trilogy was significantly abridged based on the publisher recommendation to make the length of this epic acceptable within the American market, and at the same time. The expectation within the Turkish culture also, in a sense, influenced the Turkish、uh, textual presentation of the translation. So, as mentioned earlier,、uh, there has been a frequent use of translation strategies such as deletion,、um, intertextual gloss, generalization, and reordering of sentence structure,、uh, in a sense that lead to the creation of a more domesticated or a acculturating representation of the source text, where The、uh, the cultural issues、um, has been filtered、uh, in translation, and in a sense that reflect the textual presentation、uh, of the、uh, as I mentioned earlier, the more reduced or the more homogenized form of English or plain English. Yeah. So one of the example that I can give here is probably, for example,、uh, there is a cultural issue. For example, Tang Zhuang. Okay. Which in back, which in back translation should be like um the the suit, the Tang style suit, the Chinese Tang style suit. But in translation, it's actually been a very generalized translated into uh shirts. And another example is, for example, um uh in the source text, there's a cultural issue. For example, example talking about the candy, 新人堂 And however, in the translation. The the translation simply just translated into candy, uh, so without、uh, trying actually explaining what such candy is in the original text. So these are just very quick examples showing um how uh the so-called inden uh condensed um cultural issues has been reduced in the translation to create a more uh transparent discourses. Yeah. All right, and then especially you mentioned that there's different considerations involved for the、uh, source language and also for the target language and how the translator sort of kind of like mediate in between and how to make that decision. And then、uh, I appreciate for the uh, uh, example that you、uh, shared with us. And then of course, you know, if our listener you want to.、Uh, um, No more that the context of the translation about Tang Zhuang and Xin Ren Tang and how that is being,、uh, one way or another, reduced or condensed to just a simple、uh, English translation. But I think you also mentioned this kind of like、uh, in this process, there's different consideration, and then you、uh, beautifully an- analyzes how that decision is being made and how that consideration is being,、uh, you know.、Uh, Uh, balanced in different、uh, situation, and、uh, so with that is about uh, the uh, next chapter that is about literary translation and especially about it is、uh, a performing arts. So can you tell us a little bit more about、uh, the literary translation as a performing art and also with、uh, some examples? Yeah. So basically.、Um, Within this chapter,、uh, when considering literary translation as a performing art, it should be、uh, more specifically、uh, referred to、uh, considering literary translation from a more performative linguistic perspective. So, from this angle, it calls attention to the need to revisit the nature of all utterances that do not just describe the world objectively, but instead reflect an embodiment. Performance of language use. So, in other words, a language is no longer conceptualized merely merely as a static or a stable linguistic structure, devoid of context and human involvement. On the other hand, language functions as a means of communication, and language use is conceived as an activity that can be performed verbally and tactually through interactive relationships. So,、um, in this chapter, I look at the translation 
of Rose Rose I Love You 玫瑰玫瑰我爱你 and、uh, its English translation of course. And this case study is basically just shows how a language can itself be a performance that reflects social cultural complexity, especially when it is deployed or applied in a literary context. Um, the original text, which itself reflects the writer's deliberate language performance, okay, so um, not only mirrors the language rea- reality of the source culture, but also constructs a disorderly and eccentric multi-voice landscape within a fictional world. So the original author Wang Zhenhui, he integrates multiple language and. Arrange interaction between different languages travels through the deployment of a quite visual sound effects. So these effects are achieved through a very creative use of both meaningful or meaningless transliteration, and most of which do not conform to、um, the regular and objective rules of the language language patterns or the fixed structure of the of the original language.、Um, Uh, for example, or、oh, Wang Zhenghe integrates the Japanese language into his writing, and of course, the function of Japanese in the novel not only suggests the influence of the colonial region on its colony, but also contributes to enhancing the vividness of the dialogue and creates the characters' comical effects. So the author, the original author Wang Zhenghe, does not just directly use the Japanese script. Rather, he relies on the phonetic value of Chinese characters, many translation to present Japanese. So,、um, yeah, and for example, in、uh, in one example, the Japanese term "obasa," okay, this is probably quite well known to all Taiwanese people.、Uh, "Obasa" basically means middle-aged woman in、uh, Japanese, and at the same time, it can also refer to an old maid who works as a housekeeper. And in this example, the original author applies transliteration using Chinese characters、uh, that maintain the Japanese pronunciation, and the translator handles these Chinese characters、um, by combining transliteration, English transliteration, and of course also use italics to present the transliterated Japanese in the source text in the English. So in a sense that transliteration here in English. Directly preserve the foreignness created by the use of Japanese pronunciation in the translation, and italics form also visually signal the foreignness of such translation in the target text. So, just、um, from the example of、um, both the original author and the translator in terms of how they deal with languages, you know, respectively in、um, their context,、um, their creativity. In a sense, just demonstrate the so-called the performative nature of communication, especially in terms of how the language can be used as a means to perform or to be reperformed for the readers when it is translated into another、uh, cultural context. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Siwen, and、uh, especially to、uh, sharing with us the different、uh, strategies that the translator、uh, can use. For example, as you mentioned, transliteration or some like italicized uh, text uh, in the translation. And for our uh, readers. Um, I personally definitely recommend this short story by Wang Zhenghe. So again, the short story is "Rose, Rose, I Love You." Amazing stories, and then、uh, also a great text as Suwen、uh, beautifully analyzed. So we talk about four different、uh, dimensions, and then、um, they are in the English context, and then.、Uh, Suwen、so uh, share with us the different consideration, different context and elements for Taiwan literature and translation. I was wondering that do you see、uh, these different consideration, these elements in other linguistic contexts or in other cross-cultural、uh, frameworks? For example, Taiwan lit. Taiwan literature and translation in、um, Japanese translation, Spanish translation, French translation, so on and so forth. So this is just a general、uh, question that I have, just thinking about, you know, this、uh, English context, but also other linguistic context. Yeah.、Um, 
I think uh, if seeing, for example, similarities of differences, um, in terms of differences, I think this area, because it's quite broad and it, it requires further or more in-depth investigation, um, you know, if uh, each different uh, cultural language translation and its literature uh, wants to be uh, discussed. But I think in general, with regard to the similarities, I think uh, you know, speaking from the experience of the translation of Taiwan's literature, uh, for the, the lesser known literature or the lesser dominant language, and when such culture, uh, they want to translate its literature into English, which is still a dominant language uh, in the world system. Um, they are bound to face the challenges caused by, well, I think I mentioned earlier as well, the various asymmetrical and hierarchical cultural relations that result into an uneven distribution of translations and as well as the reception among languages and literatures. So as a result, uh, how to enhance the visibility of their literature through translation and at the same time accommodating the interest or the taste of the target culture readers, but not over-denationalizing or deculturalizing the linguistic and cultural diversity originally embedded in their culture or in their literature. Such issues will probably always impose great difficulties for them or for the culture whenever they like to promote or translate their literature um, into uh, the so-called the global stage through English. Yeah, I, that's what I see in terms of, well, the so-called similarities between, you know, for um, the different cultural contexts when they um, try to uh, translate their literature into English, yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially, I appreciate you mentioned this uh, English as a dominant uh, language, and then through this process of uh, translation, there's this asymmetrical relation or this kind of uneven terrain in these processes. And I think, uh, as you also analyze in your book, how to balance or how to navigate these different challenges, and then in the case of um, Taiwan literature translation, and then you mentioned the different uh, conservation and elements involved in these processes. And um, so uh, these are four different uh, dimensions. And then so uh, anything, uh, Suwen, you would like to add before we wrap it up? Mm, probably not <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so yeah but i mean already uh thank you for this great overview about your book and then so uh now we will be moving on to actually our last question for you suwen that is a traditional question we have here is about suwen can you share with us um what you're working on right now the project that you have or um, the uh, courses you are developing, any uh, things you would like to share with us? Okay, yeah, basically um, I just completed a research project um, of where I look at um, the multilingual Taiwanese novel, The Stolen Bicycle by Wu Ming Yi Lao Shi um, and its English translation. And this book basically offer a very illuminating a locale for the discussion of translation issues again. And this work is very distinctive in uh, the original author's use of multilingual elements, including Chinese, Taiwanese, Japanese, English, and as well as indigenous language. So in a sense, such a literary work uh, encapsulated how um, the writer applies multifaceted language acts to create a very inharmonious but very unique voicecape in which a fictional world is expressed and even and also um, uh, represented through a visualization of this language. So um, I looked at these issues for the so-called the translation of multilingual elements through the uh, concept of translanguaging. So translanguaging basically it's an idea or a theoretical concept that refers to a dynamic language practice of how multilingual users 
they can transcend the boundary not only of language, understanding the conventional code view, but also between languages and other semiotic resources applied in the meaning-making process. So basically, hopefully, the project I just finished will be able to explore how translanguaging can be a useful framework for rethinking how a multiliterary work, multilingual literary work, and its translation can become a translanguaging practice that's embodied in the uh, intercultural mediation of language users. Uh, here in the case will be both the original author and the translator, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, reconsider, uh, reconsolidate how such uh, activity can engage with not only languages, but also uh, the multi-semiotic reality. Yeah, so this is the, the project that um, I just completed. Yeah, so just here share with, with you guys, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Suwon, for sharing with us. And uh, that definitely sounds uh, an exciting uh, project that's kind of translingual, and especially in Taiwan, uh, multilingual society, and also also uh, very diverse in terms of culture as well. And then so we are looking forward to see more of your work and also your research as well. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, Suwen, thank you for being on the show today. I really enjoy our conversation. Yeah, thank you very much for your uh, time and, again, your invitation. I also enjoyed um, uh, talking to you and um, got the opportunity to share uh, the book with the um, audience. Yeah. All right, and then thank you, our audience, for uh, joining us with uh, joining with us today, and then to uh, unpack uh, Suwen's amazing book. All right, so uh, I hope everybody stay safe, taking good care, and then see you next time.